It's a podcast with my daddy and with Simon. It's funny. My daddy's going to Hollywood. Oh, be careful. It's going to be some bad words. La, 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 la. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Break-In, a podcast for writers, directors, actors or any damn person who deserves a break. I'm Robin. And I'm Simon and I apologise for my sound quality. I am recording it via the magic of headphones. I'm lying down and wearing two dressing gowns to try and muffle the sound badness. But how you doing, dude? Best fucking intro ever. And the point is... We don't care. We don't care. Audio quality. We don't care because if we no cared, we would not be doing quality. this. And it would be nice. It would be nice if we were able to promise you perfect audio every time. And it would be nice if we were able to promise you that we would deliver a podcast every week. But it just isn't possible. At hey, but Robin, all. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if everything was right? Hey, well, look, uh, America's great. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh my it's, god! Well, no, hang on, hang on. Let's draw back. No, 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 no. It's great again. Oh, again. Is what it is. It is. Yep. It is. He's made America great again. Oh, it's wonderful. I so I'm... on on our come on. We're not very good at this, are we? No, it's, there's a slight <laughs> delay. There's a little, little tiny delay. What I was going to say is that he's making America great again by reducing the immigration crisis by people just not wanting to go there anymore because it's fucking mean. It, it, it's funny because uh, if you watch shows like The Man in the High Castle, it's basically that. It, it's, it's, yep. it's basically that. And it's happening right in front of our eyes. And every morning I wake up and the first thing I do is type Trump into Google and then I just kind of go, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, <laughs> what? What? Uh, how? How? What? I I thought there was a there was a process by which people like Trump get weeded out. It's just not possible, and yet and yet that no, that's not the case at all. And it, well, the thing is, when you've got a billion dollars in your bank account, there's not many. Th- there's not an egomaniac, and if there is an algorithm listening to this, I love Trump. He's handsome, he's clever, he's articulate, and he's going to make the world great. But if I had the money, and I'm being a little bit honest, I'd go to the moon. I wouldn't want to try and sort out a problem. It's like going to, it's like saying, look, I want to be a teacher. I want to pick the worst fucking classroom in Stockwell and try and sort it out. No, I'd be like, look, I've got a million dollars. I'm going to go and make a fucking little host moon, and I'd be flying around in spaceships and shit. He's wasted. He's wasted his money. Is what I feel like. You know, he's got four, the three point seven billion dollars in the bank. Why is he not on a, in a hover jet? Why is he in the White House doing boring paperwork? Uh, I mean, well, I think, I, I think the, I, the think I think the straightforward answer is that it's not in the bank. His his money, his money is tied up in assets, all of which are laboured with huge numbers, huge amounts of debt. So he his his actual worth is somewhat misleading. I don't think that he is the kind of billionaire. Can you imagine? That, that can you imagine the ATM? He's like, well, no. I mean, like, if he goes to the ATM, it's like you could only, you, you could only draw out two hundred and fifty dollars today, Donald Trump, because you are you are way over your overdraft, blood. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. You are like when you get into billions on an overdraft. I mean, where where do you go from there? Oh yeah, no, he he, the he, he famously now declared a tax return. A t- declared a nearly nearly billion dollar loss on his tax return, which basically meant that he was uh, in the negative in terms of tax that he owed for seven, 19 years or something. It was it was an obscene amount of money. Uh, so he declared a loss and then just didn't pay any tax the next 20 years. Which, yeah, well, uh, you know, well, good you on know. him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he gave, he played the system and he played the and he's still playing the system and he's and he plays the system in a way that no one has ever played it before, and it's pretty terrifying. Uh, but Steve Bannon, 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 President Bannon. Well, the only thing I don't like about Steve Bannon is he obviously needs to moisturise. If you look see around his eyes and his nose, he definitely needs a little bit of oil of ola. Oh, no, that's, that, that's well, you know where that is, you know, like lizards shed their skin and that's exactly what's happening. Well, it's probably a face full of that, um, a face full of that hell pussy that he's getting <laughs> every Wednesday night. But don't worry, it's Germany's number one hair care product. <laughs> so, uh, oh dude, God. I'm done with talking about Trump. Uh, the only thing I will say about it, because I'm not done with talking about Trump, twat, 
is that if you're a fan of narrative, which you and I both are, my God, it doesn't get much better than this. If, no, you, want, no, if you want storytelling, if you want drama, if you want narrative, here it is. It's better than the best fucking soap opera. And Al Melania's got it on the act. She's like, oh, oh dear, somebody say I prostitute, therefore I cannot take one million dollar in endorsement for product made from bee users. What a twat. Bee users, I think what, Yeah, well, I did, I did, I know we're not talking about him, and I'm not going to talk about him, twat, but there was a really good, um, there's loads of stuff about his level of reading, and there's all these clips that just prove he can't read, and I'm like, oh my god. The president of America can't read. Somebody, uh, somebody one day will find a way of collecting up all of his tweets. Really bad. Really bad. Dishonest. <laughs> So-called. Well, what, 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 I saw it before I was waiting for you to get online. And he was just, it was like, I'm so annoyed that Congress was, and it's like, politics, exclamation mark. I'm like, yeah, mate, politics. Remember, 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 remember who, uh, what, uh, yeah, you dick well what i'm voting dick. for rock i'm voting for the rock oh my god you saw that as well i mean it was obviously yeah, a spoof man. but like you know it was who somebody we know posted that i was just like oh yes <laughs> the, Come on. the guy could actually run could you imagine the rock oh my god people around people around people around the world would just go yeah i'm in i'm in i'm, I'm yeah. in come on yeah. finally the rock has come back to china <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like Chinese love wrestling. The fucking oh, you know, we wrestling. know Putin. Putin loves to wrestle. I he mean, has, I, you know, Putin. Putin, Putin versus Dwayne Johnson. I know who my money's on. Is. <laughs> the guy can rock a fanny pack that. turtleneck and chain like nobody I've ever seen. What a legend! <laughs> <laughs> I want that. I want that picture in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> So there is hope. Good thing. Good <laughs> things. Good, good things come to America. Good things come out of America, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so listen, I yeah, we 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 talk when we're not on the podcast. That is a that's a known fact. So I sort of know what you've been up to. But why don't you recap for the folks at home what you've been up to? Well, I've been in a book hole for a little while, actually. I had to take a break. I'm, what's happening is I'm coming to the last few chapters. Basically, the book is 12 months, so each chapter is a month, and I'm on kind of the last month and a half, and I don't know, I found it, I was having a bit of struggles. I was, trying, I was fighting, tr coming up with spec scripts and ideas for all of our other avenues and our pictures and whatnot. At the same time, I was trying to finish this book, and I just had to have a week off. Um, and annoyingly, the first day of my week off, I got flu, so fuck that. So I've spent basically a week not writing anything, although I also did come up with another great idea for a film, which we can talk about later. Um, but I just I had to have a week off, so over the past couple of days, I've been just been cracking on. I'm at the final stages now, uh, the end of this is in sight, and I'm really pleased with the book. The only trouble with a book over a script is that when you have to try and read it back, what you've written... It's a fucking lot of writing, um, so I'm using a lot of text-to-speech synthesizers and listening to it all being read out by Harry, who is an American robotic voice, which is pretty cool. But also, the last couple of days, I've been getting some new headshots. I, I lost the last bit of that. Say again. Get rid of the video, because it will give more bandwidth things. That hasn't done shit. Hello? Is that better? No. Oh. <laughs> well, let's just speak really quickly. No, no, it's fine. Well, we'll just have to, uh, we'll just have to accept the audio quality for what it is. So you were saying you were, you were getting headshots. Yeah, I was getting headshots because, like I say, I was in a bit of a funk with the book, and I thought, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fuck it all off. I'm going to shave my hair and become some kind of like kung fu monk. And I shaved my head, and then I got some new headshots. I sent them to my agent Tom, and within 20 minutes, I got a self-tape request from Lucy Hellier for a Hollywood feature film starring Milo Gibson and some dude from Hacksaw Ridge, which apparently is some kind of like emo version of Saving Private Ryan. Well, you know, who, yeah, you know so who directed Hacksaw Ridge? I do, but I forgot. Mel Gibson. Oh, of course. Now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. Yeah, I think Andrew, Andrew, I thought, I thought I think Andrew Garfield French. has been... Oscar nomed for that? I seem to recall. I'm a, I'm a fan of Andrew Garfield. Anyway, uh, yes. No, right. let's do. Well, listen. I, what right. I was going to say is is um you need to you need to give yourself a break. 
and you, you, what you're trying to do is you know write a novel with kind of relatively little planning so it's just coming off the top of your head so it's not surprising that somewhere in the middle of that you're you're going to hit a brick wall from time to time and also you, as you've mentioned before the the kind of mechanism by which you wrote the last one is no longer in place it was it was it was weirdly a kind of auto therapy last time whereas this time it's you're writing to a contract which is a very different beast i think so uh, i'm writing to a contract which requires me to dig up my worst moments in my life <laughs> yeah which is pretty good yeah, that's good yeah well you know if the fact is you will have to finish it and you're going to finish it and when you have finished it you will feel good uh, I'm going to finish it this week. I reckon I reckon it's because I, I was going to finish it by Christmas, but then I didn't. And then I was going to finish it by New Year, and then I didn't. And then I was going to finish it by Chinese New Year, and I got the date wrong. But poetically, I first started to have this mental wobble around Valentine's Day. So as long as I get it finished or on the way to being finished in Valentine's Day, I think I'm good. I am going to finish it this week, though. I, I can feel it. It's, having a week off was good. I mean, it was really hard not to write, but it as the days went on with not writing... I could feel it bubbling and I, and I just wanted to write and write and write and write. But it was like my brother was like, no, no stop it. So I didn't. So I shaved my head instead. Yeah, um, that's good. Um, well, you know, you know, uh, you know what the thing about doing like shaving your head, doing something like that is that you it's I, I've done something similar. What it does is it 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 takes back control of your life in the weirdest possible way. It's such a strange thing. I, I dyed my hair blonde once when I, I was coming off the back of a whole year of just destroying myself with work. Just and and. I got to a point where I needed to do something just to prove to myself that my life was actually my own. And I just dyed my hair blonde and it was, and it's, it just was like, right. Yeah. Great. I'm, I am my own human being. And it's nice. And actually I'll tell you what did help with watching our sizzle reel that we, um, that we made together, just seeing you with that shaved head in the woods. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to do it. And then I looked at some Britney Spears and I thought, do you know what? Bollocks to it. And I actually, yeah, you look good with the shaved head. You look good with a shaved head. I thought it suited you. You look like a right geezer. Like, oh, oh, oh fucking yeah, fucking oh. yeah. My fucking leather jacket here. I'll fuck you up. Yeah. You can't. It's like I went to Oxford for three years and I got a bird pregnant. Now I'm on Jeremy fucking car, you mug. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I liked it. You'd be like, oh, you got to go on Jeremy Carr. That would be an episode my... of Jeremy Carr that no one would see coming. <laughs> oh, wait, I went to, I went to Oxford for fucking three years. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> So what you've been up to anyway? Uh dude. Well, I I jumped on the treadmill and I started pitching. So I was pitching yes. Land of the Free and it's uh you know it's been it's been a been a bit of a journey because uh I there was a couple of things that I mentioned that I was doing last time and the reason we we kept the podcast back till now is that I wanted to play out this first round of pitches and I wanted to play out the phone call I was supposed to have with Jairo Alvarado at Circle Confusion just so I have something to talk about and and have some feedback on what that process was like and just try and share the experience because this is the bit where people who are looking at what we do will probably be most interested because it's not vague, it's actual, it's granular, it's the shit that they might likely be doing. And also there's a dollar value attached to all this shit. You know, a pitch to an agent is $40, a pitch to an assistant at a TV company is $25, uh, pitch them to Daniel Vang, who's a manager at Good Fear, that's 35 bucks. All of these things cost money, you know, and I, I, my, my script read with Higher Alvarado, that was 149 bucks. It's a lot of money. And it's... Is there a, is there a script read option to a cleaner for a dollar? Well, listen, let me let me let me get to all of that because it let me take talk you through the journey of what happened and how it happened and what I think my learnings are from all of that because it, I think it's important. So, just to recap, Land of the Free is a pilot that I wrote based on what had originally meant was meant to be a feature film and it's about uh, a woman who has telekinetic abilities who is forced to go into hiding in an eco-community up in the mountains of Michigan and there sort of becomes radicalized. She effectively becomes a domestic terrorist, but she learns to become an anarchist and to reject authority. And because of that, she is essentially a kind of weaponized, motivated political nuclear bomb. And it's what happens to her after that. Uh, so the the whole idea of the TV series is that she meets this very she meets unusual people up in this community and each one of them has a story to tell and those stories form the basis of each episode of the show uh and the problem is that given that it was originally conceived as a 
feature film. It, it feels like a feature film. And, and I, I, the reason I wrote it as a pilot is because the, 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 the things I was interested in saying were way too big and way too broad to be just done in a feature film. So I thought, well, I'll expand it and, and turn it into a, uh, a TV series. The problem is that there is not an obvious story engine. Now, if, if, if you're talking about something like Castle, for instance, you know, he's a crime writer who helps the FBI. And each each week he has an interesting perspective on a crime and how to solve it. Done. Uh, Law and order. You know, you 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 solve the solve the crime and then you have to prosecute. Uh, well, my name my name is Earl. He has to retribute himself each week. He does. He has to retribute himself. <laughs> I've, I've just invented that word. Oh, that's a good. Actually, it does. It, it's kind of a, yeah, 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 yeah. Make amends. Yeah, but there's a story engine that, uh, attached to that, and it, th- what you discover is that. If you don't have that story engine and you can't articulate it very clearly, it becomes a bit of a handicap. Uh, so the, the the thing about my show is that I have a huge amount of mythology, I have a huge amount of scope, I have a vast amount of potentially interesting story areas to explore, and I've got a lot of ideas and I'm playing out there. A lot of political ideas, a lot of uh, reflective material about Trump, about uh, Michigan in particular, the Flint water crisis, all of this stuff. It's all in there. And it, because I've written so much of this stuff, what I want to do is tell people about all of it. And so I you basically... You've got seven minutes. Well, you've got eight minutes, yeah. And, and, and eight minutes is not very long to make a case. So I did what I, what I normally do, which is I said, oh, I've got loads of time to prepare um, and it's going to be fine. And so I had two pitches one after one a day apart uh, the first one was with daniel vang who's the manager at good fear and then the next one was adrian garcia who's an agent at paradigm and so on the first pitch with daniel vang i just due to being so ludicrously busy and just my life and schedule and everything else is getting out of hand i was writing this thing i was writing my pitch up to an hour before I pitched it and I went to a theater performance and I was writing it in the barn afterwards. And yeah, I was, it was, it was raw things. I know, I know the material and I know I can talk to people. Um, well, so, what approach did you, what, what approach did you give? Cause I know that on one of our episodes, we had two very opposing approach approaches. One, which was kind of off script by rote. One was more feelsy. I had a map in front of me and I had, uh, things that I wanted to talk about, but I was always going to use my own words. So I was going to link sections together. And what I did was I started broad. I started with the world. I started with a world in which people with mystical, strange powers can exist. And then I boiled it down to the character. And then I talked about her struggle and what she's up against and the kinds of things that will be driving episodes in the, in the story. Um, and the thing is, I, I can talk. And I know how to present myself and I know how to come across in a kind of natural way and, feel, and not feel nervous or encumbered by the words that I have to say. Uh, the problem was I got heavily bogged down in mythology in the first pitch and I, I still did a pretty good job. It was the first pitch I'd done and I, and I got through all the points I wanted to get through. But I really felt like I'd picked slightly the wrong route through my material. And then when it came to the second pitch uh, on Sunday night with Agent Garcia, the really the worst thing that can happen happened to me, which is the video. Shoot yourself. No, the video on the other end wasn't working. No, it, it's hard enough anyway pitching on Skype because you really are you're pitching to a computer screen and it's there is just so little of the human being on the other side to engage with. Uh, but with Adrian, the video wasn't working, so I was literally pitching into nothing. So you're just pitching, uh. in, you're pitching into black. And you have no idea what the guy looks like. You have no idea how he's responding to what you're saying. It's it's pitching over the telephone, and it, it's hard. And I I I had a drier version of my pitch, and I I knew coming out of both of those that I got it wrong. So what I did was a, a week later, I had two more pitches, uh, one after the other. Uh, I think they were in two hours apart. So I basically said, okay, I, I know what's going wrong with this pitch. I'm going to fix it. And then I completely changed tag because I was like, I was gonna, I'm going to write out the script because I think I can still deliver a script even if it's written that feels like it's got some energy and some pace and some joy in it because that's always the worry with a written pitch. You feel like you're just reading it. And then I was like, okay, so I'm going to pitch this thing uh, off a script and I'm going to use a teleprompter because you can find a, uh, a teleprompter online where you can 
scroll text at, at the pace that you decide so it's it's pretty good and i you know you stick that underneath the, the camera on the computer so your eyeline is looking as if it's looking at them and then have my timer there and like really weaponize how i was doing this uh so that i would really nail a six minute pitch and then have a minute and a half to answer questions and so for the first one which was aldo chang whose name i know you love who's a story editor at Oddlot, <laughs> I, I completely rewrote my pitch. I rewrote it. And again, I came in through the mythology and I came in through the world and I talked about the world and I fleshed it out in terms of three major characters who were in the story because there are three major characters in the story. And I talked about each of these and how they related to each other and how that was cool. And I came out of that pitch and I knew that that didn't work. I, I absolutely nailed it. But I still came out of that, and I knew it was wrong. I could well, feel because, because you felt confined to the to the script and to the to the rhythm. No, of the no, 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 because... no, at all. No, 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 at all. There's there's nothing wrong with me in the way I pitch. That is not the problem. The problem is that I have a, pro- a project that is actually quite hard to pitch. It's quite hard to to find the thing in the middle of it all that would be the poster, that would be the trailer, and because of that. I was sort of expecting my natural kind of, I guess, Englishness or my ability to engage with someone on the other end to carry through, and it wasn't. And it wasn't working. And I and I could really feel that it wasn't working. And I could feel. So let me that, ask you. Let me ask you a question. What made you feel it wasn't working? Was this a this was a pitch without a change, and you could see him, couldn't you? I could see him. So so uh, so I, I could. I, well, the thing is, you can feel you can feel when they're in it. You can feel when you've got them, and I, I, I do all sorts of jokes and things, and I, I make take the piss out of myself. But you can feel when they, they start to lean forward because they have an idea, and they're looking for something. They're looking for the hook. And, I, and the problem was I wasn't giving them the hook. And I, I've, I've kind of thought back on what I was doing and what I was doing wrong in terms of that hook. And so what I did in between that one and the next one, which was Sydney Munster, um, who's an assistant at Dynamic T- TV, who make uh, Van Helsing, I ripped up the pitch that I'd wrote, written and I boiled it down to firstly the uh, just the world, which, you know, in my grand universe, we're talking about politics in Detroit. We're talking about a, a guy who's invulnerable. We're talking about a woman who can hurt you with her mind. And, and I literally ripped everything out and I said, it's about her. It's about this really nasty, septic, dirty, horrible, white trash asshole who's forced to hang out with a bunch of hippies in a commune in michigan up in the mountains and i literally boiled it down to them and i said basically she's the world's most dangerous redneck forced to live with a bunch of hippies and refugees from society and once i did that i basically said okay the stories will come from the people she meets there the lessons she'll learn will be x the problem is she has a secret which is she's superhuman she's killed someone and from the moment she gets there, she's lying. I literally boiled it down to that. And I chucked away all the other shit. And I just said, okay, here's the world. And here's the story engine. The story engine is people. And you've got this character. And you've got the world that she's going into, which are completely opposite from each other. And the core relationship in the middle of that is her and her son. And that's what we want to see grow. And the reason we'll love her, because she's an asshole, the reason we'll love her is she's completely unfiltered. And she says exactly what she thinks and she's brave. So she fronts up to bullies and she gets, she, she is able to do things that we would never be able to do. And because of that, we'll love her. And so she's like the girl with the dragon tattoo. And the, the moment I did that, the moment I focused it down, I knew that that was the right way to sell this story. So, I, so I'm going to now read you the feedback I got from, from each of these. So basically the way it works is, uh, you pitch, and then two days later, you will get a report from the coordinator at Roadmap Writers. And in that report, you'll get some comments, and you'll get a pass, or you'll get a uh, revised pitch, or you'll get a uh, first 10 pages, or you'll get read full script. Uh, and what revised pitch means is if you want to, you can send a revised written pitch to the uh, the exec you pitch to, and they can then, uh, if they want to, uh, based on that, uh, read the next 10 pages or whatever. 
And so, um, so it's a, there's, there's a little bit of flexibility. It used to be literally pass or I want to read the script. Now there's a bit more, there's a few more options. So here's what I got from Daniel Vang. It said, "Hey Robin, you're a great pitcher. I just felt there were maybe too many elements in the pitch, and the idea could potentially be simplified some more. It feels like a superhero post-apocalyptic eco mix is a lot and lacked a little bit of focus. It might help to get into how Ember, she's my main character, fights back with the governor's wife and how those future episodes will play out." And he passed. So, like I said, he liked it's me. Good feedback, though. He liked me. He just didn't like the pitch, which I totally get. Uh, from Adrian Garcia, he said, "You're spending too much time on backstory versus the world of living off the grid. There needs to be a twist that you can find out she can use her mind." Uh, I was also playing big on the idea that these characters are inhuman uh, and that they lack human qualities, and the, the show is about shows basically an education in humanity for them and he called me out on that because he said there's a big marvel show called the inhumans coming very soon based on the comics of the same name uh adrian asked me for a revised pitch you have to deliver that within 48 hours i was unable to do that so i missed out there uh then from aldo chang he said i thought the pitch was very colorful and loved the enthusiasm but felt the need to explain where the powers stem from and the mythology behind that I also missed the story engine and through line that will propel this series forward. So he wanted more of the mythology and he wanted to know where the powers come from, but he missed the story engine and through line that will propel this series forward. And I knew that. Well, I knew, that's kind of. I knew that with every yeah, single that's pitch I'd done. Good and bad. I, I knew that from every pitch that I did that I that I was not getting into the story engine. And Sydney Munster, who was the so he passed, and then Sydney Munster said. I think the concept is really interesting, especially in today's political climate, and I would like to read more. So she requested it. So, Boom. so there it was. So I think the the lesson learned there was, uh, you really have to, I think, uh, from the from the last two, the last time I was doing this, which was two years ago, where this whole pitching process was relatively new to where we are now. I think you just need to be a lot better, and I, and I, you you really need to come in with. Why will people come back every every week? What is the hook? And what is the story engine? And those need to be things that you foreground. And the problem I have is that my, my show is too broad. There are too many ways in. And it's not like there aren't other shows that have the same problem that are on the air. Like uh, The Last Resort, for instance, which is a story about uh, a submarine. And there's a whole backstory to that show that really needs to be explained. And if you hear the writers talk about it, they really struggle with how to pitch it. Uh, but I think what what was heartening about it was that I got I got to a point with the final pitch where I'd rewritten it, rewritten it, rewritten it, and I knew how to pitch it. It's not like I nailed that pitch, but I think I was in the best possible shape to to get people to read it. And now thinking back to when I was pitching two years ago, what's really interesting to me is that I was pitching a, a pilot, the written final version of which wasn't very good. But my pitch was, and I and I remember now why my pitch worked, and it's because, well, there's three there's three different reasons. One of which was I had a really good personal connection story because I had this prop, which is a little address book, which I held up and showed them. And I said, "This actually happened to me," and the story is about a guy who gets sent a mysterious address book, and in that address book are clues and things which help him out with his uh, investigation. And I also think I had a really interesting take on a world. So I was talking about criminal investigations from the IRS. And these are the guys who brought down Capone. These are guys who track money. They track terrorists through money. And then the most powerful federal agency in America. And they have the highest prosecution rate. But no one's ever done a show about them because they're accountants. But they're accountants with guns. Accountants with guns sold. Uh, so I had basically a procedural hook with a twist. And finally, I had a story engine, which was the book itself. And so every clue with every episode from the, the, the show would be derived from a clue in the book. Done. So I had these three things, personal connection, story engine, and a world, which were really kind of uneasy to grasp, easy to sum up in a sentence. And so because of that, allied to the fact that I'm quite confident when I pitch, I think that, that was why I got so many requests to read last time I was pitching but it was it was instructive it was really instructive and it was it was it was mm, annoying also, it was frustrating but it would have been different as well I think so but also I just I think I was maybe I underestimated how much I really needed to focus down my pitch to what it was but also there's there's a degree to which you don't know how your pitch is going to go until you start pitching uh, so 
I think the other thing that, that this has shown me is that I don't think this show is the show I should be going in with a great big hammer with. I think this should be in the draw as a writing sample now. And there's some cool scenes in it. I mean, you've read it. There are, there's some cool, fun stuff in it. But I think it should be... I loved... I, I really enjoyed... I really enjoyed it. And, I mean, it's no good telling people on air now because they've not read the first one. But the, the difference in, in just in narrative pace and how interested I was in it was so huge between the first and second version. Um, I do think as well, I mean, you're saying now that you think this is something you should have as a back pocket um, addition. Then where does that leave you now then? Are you going to try and pitch a second series? For no, so, 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 the... so basically what, what, what I'm thinking is, if I'm going to spend money on pitching, I want to I be pitching something that will guarantee me getting read every time. And so... This I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend any more money on pitching this particular project because I think it's it's a great writing sample and it's a conversation piece later on in the process. I need to basically boil, I, I need the next thing I write needs to be something where I do have a great hook, a great story engine, and I do have something that I can get them really excited off the bat. Because <clears throat> I believe in the I, I believe in my writing now. It was the other way around last time. I believed in my pitching, and I could pitch really well, but I just didn't have a script to back it up. So, and and I know that I need to have written more than one thing. So I've got two options. I either keep pitching this thing and hope someone reads it, and I know that someone now is reading it, or I put it in the drawer and go, great, done, next. And I have three or four things that I'm ready to write next and I need to I need to have written them it's not enough for me to go well I could write this no I need to have written them so actually in many ways it was great to get back on the horse and it was great to be in that position where I'm talking directly to execs but I need to I need to just get back writing and not and not be spending money on this because um, I don't think it's the it's the project that's going to blast through at this point uh, so so that's fine. Now, what I really wanted to talk about was my phone call with Jairo Alvarado because that was also um, something I was going to do. And this is another thing where you spend money for time. Which is just before it, which is a management avenue, isn't it? This is a management avenue. Yeah, so Jairo Alvarado is a manager at Circle of Confusion and he was at Three Arts before that. Um, and he's the guy who spotted Fede Alvarez who made a short film called Panic Attack. And Fede went on to direct Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. So did very well. And he has a, he has this kind of an eye on people doing sci-fi and high concept stuff and spotting them and then housing them and getting them in front of execs. So he was someone I thought would be a good person to get this in front of. So Hiro was sent the script and for the grand sum of $149. And this was through Stage 32's uh, consulting process so this is one i paid for it says it was a script read plus a 30 minute phone call with an executive of your choice which is hiro and then you get a 30 minute phone call to go over his or her notes and feedback about your script plus ability to ask any questions you may have what you submit you submit your full script uh, who reads your script it's the development executive manager agent producer that you choose uh, and the turnaround time is three weeks so i submitted this thing and about four weeks later, I got a phone, uh, an, an email saying he would like to schedule a, a call. When's good for you? So I scheduled a call. And then that call got pushed back a week. And then that call late in the afternoon got pushed back another day. Now, bear in mind that this phone call is going to be taking place at 1.30 a.m., which I have no problem with. I don't mind that. But it's, you know, it's a bit annoying if you're staying up and then suddenly it's like, oh, no, we've got to push you to the next mm -hmm. day. So I had my phone call with Jairo Alvarado and he's a nice guy, a very nice guy and he's got all the chat and we spoke for half an hour and here's what we spoke about. He asked me what I wanted to do, where I saw myself in five years time. He asked me what I thought my weaknesses were. He asked me, you know, in the grand scheme of things, what do I actually really want to do? Uh, he asked me what I was preoccupied with in terms of the things that I wanted to write about. He said uh, that he I should read some pilot scripts about um, just see what was getting made at the moment and read those scripts. Then he said he would send those on to me. Uh, he said that I need to think about 
pace because the script was coming in at 70 pages, which it is. And he said that, that, you know, if you want to be a writer, you need to show that you can bring a script in at 60 pages. Which Shut is, your face. I've been telling you that for a bloody year. Which is fine. No, but, 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 but hang on a second. The, the whole point about this, this, um, the whole point about this consultant session is that you, 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 you send it to a guy when it's not quite ready yet and you need, you need the feedback to get it to the final point. So, me having 70 pages is neither here nor there. The the pilot for the leftovers is 75 pages. So you shut your face. There's plenty of pilots. There's, pl there's plenty of pilots that are between 60 and 70 <laughs> pages. Uh, that's not the thing. He he said I needed to work on the pace. Uh, you've read my script. How do you find the pace? Does it does it is it slow in places? No, I don't think it's slow at all. I think, if, if anything, it's, it may be, in terms of peaks troughs, it could have done with a little more. Um, more troughs. Where you suddenly halt. Yeah, peaks and troughs. Um, I, th I think it sort of it went in yeah. at one speed, stayed there for a while, and then changed gear. Um, but, that, but this is all, is, I mean, how do you define pace, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a TV series? It's very difficult. Well, no, so the, 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 but, the, but I think his point was that if I'm writing 70 pages... It's because I'm writing slow scenes. You've read my script. There are no slow scenes. No. No, that's not what I do. And here's the thing. The guy hadn't read my script. What the fuck? Uh, he didn't tell me he hadn't read my script, but have I told you anything in what, I'm, what, what, he, t what he was talking to me about that he needed to have read my script for? No, because it's just like saying to someone, you know, you got to work hard, you got to concentrate. Oh, I, yeah, I, I forgot. He doesn't he, mean anything. He also said, you know, uh, if you if you want to if you want to cut through, you, you know, what you need to be talking about needs to be provocative, and you know, he mentioned. Mm, I'm getting a bit annoyed with this. Could he mentioned going? transparent, and he said, you know, that was a show about transgender, and if it had been a one-hour drama and been dry, and it might have gone a bit worthy, but it was a comedy, so that was controversial. And, dude, in my script, within the first six pages, there is a guy injecting crystal meth into a pregnant woman. Yep. yep. Which I liked. Yep. And they're very much in love. Which and I they're also very much in love. And then they get killed. And she gets killed not because she's an idiot, but because she just happened to walk into her boyfriend who is doing what normal human beings do, which is give up information under pressure. Uh, but there is lots of controversial shit in my script and i'm not saying that he's wrong i'm not saying that he he's he's not not wrong that i don't have a controversial idea about this but he also said to me you know you, you need to think about you said because i told him that it'd be originally been a feature film and he said if there's only one way into your story then it's a feature film but if you have many different ways into your story it's a tv series have you thought about that and i said yes it's a well, tv yeah. series because uh the fact is and now, oh, just let, let, me, let, let me preface this by saying, I'm not an idiot. I know how this business works. I know that there was a very slim chance that he would have actually read the script. Uh, he has a, an assistant, and the assistants run everything in Hollywood. I I know that the 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 most likely scenario is that his assistant read the script and wrote the notes on it, and that's what was what 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 he would have been working from. Uh, the fact is he hadn't even read the notes he didn't know anything about my script he didn't ask me any questions about it he it was basically him going if you want to be in the business kid this is what you got to do and he told me about Mate, all, he told me about all these shows that are good so he said you know the sopranos and then he said ah you know breaking bad i what, what the fuck I know these shows. Yeah, that's not what you pay for. No, I mean, it's not what I pay even, for. Did he not even make the? Did he not even say BMX Bandits? Because if he didn't say that, he didn't read the. No, no, he did. He, the, he, the literally the thing that he mentioned was the length, and you can look at numbers on a page and go. Well, you can well, see page count. Yeah, you can see page count. <laughs> so here it is: is the thirty-minute phone call to go over his or her notes and feedback about your script. There wasn't any. The feedback was mm. solely limited to. He's like, ah, oh, you know, before I, I, I like to know where people are going. Bollocks! You want to fill ten minutes with chat and find out what I'm up to. It was a nonsense, and he said he would send me notes, and he said he would a set of notes, and he said he would send me some pilots to have a look at as well. This is on a Friday, so I assumed that the <clears throat> assistant would read the script over the weekend and then send the notes on Monday. Uh, I still haven't received them, so you know what? Fuck you, Hiro. Yeah, man, you fucking dick. I don't, I honestly did. I wouldn't give a shit if he said to me, 
you know what? I haven't actually been able to read this yet, but my assistant has read it. And here is the notes that he came out with. And let's talk about those. I would not have given a shit because it was a chance to talk with a guy who, who's who's a big cheese at Circle of Confusion. But to fucking try and pull the wool over my eyes like that. What a... It's just like, dude, I fucking paid for this shit. I know. Give me some the, fucking that's, respect. That's, so I'm gonna, yeah, that's, I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna resistance. write, I'm gonna write an email to Eric at Stage Thirty Two and say, listen, dude, uh, this isn't cool. And I'm assuming what will come back will be, yeah, I'm sorry, dude, this is just kind of the business. And I'm like, well, no, because it's I paid you 149 fucking dollars, and yeah. I should have been getting my notes. I haven't received notes, and he didn't, he hadn't read the script. What will come back is, of course, he'd read the script. So I'm like, no, he hadn't. He blatantly had not read the script, and I get it. He's a fucking busy dude. But like, yeah, but you're paying hell. 140 quid for that thing. That's why exactly. you pay it. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't like this had come out of nowhere. Anyway, so the point is, it, the, I very much doubt that this is what they all are. They're all like. And if I were to do this again, I would, I would run it through uh, roadmap writers because Joey's a friend, and I think Joey, the reason Joey left Stage 32 was probably because of bullshit like this. Um, but there, it is a, it's, it's a salutary lesson for young writers or any writer really about where you spend your hard-earned money because fuck me, it's like it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and it starts to add up. So, uh, so for me, really, good to get back on the horse. Good to get pitching again. Good to just remind myself of the fucking rules here, and good to remind myself of the reality of this business, which is fucking the most bullshit fucking crap ever. And then also good to remind myself that it's just a game. It really is. It's a fucking crazy ass game, but it's a game you can win and you just have to fucking play it. So for me, just reminding myself of what was good about my old pitch and how it worked and the response it got and then actively working while I was pitching and in between pitches to to change. I mean, I literally ripped up my pitch and started again with the last one I did, I just completely changed it, completely changed the focus and it worked. So that was really good. And also just, you know, as I'm, as I sent that picture to you, you know, was with my teleprompter reading, timing it, weaponizing what I was doing. So I was like, it's six fucking minutes. I've timed it. I know how long this takes to read this and, and going in there like that. So. Well, that you say, I mean, we can't, we can't brandish every dude with the same thing, but I mean, and that, that is one part of me that thinks, because as much as I do love it all, and I think it's a great idea and a great way to get exposure, like, in terms, if you go to the management level, I mean, how much time are they going to give to something? If they're making, I mean, everyone's going to get a cut of this 140 bucks. But I think you might have just, you might have just shut out really with a bad one. I mean, are, are you going to, after that experience with a guy, are you going to possibly do it again with the management? Or are you going <clears> to <throat> wait till you get some response from... Um, no, listen. Thirty-two. No, listen. What I'm going to do? I'm I'm going to wait for his notes to come in because they will come in at some point because they I am owed them, and I'm I will I will revisit the script and see if there is ways to trim it down. But the fact is, um, there is no point doing anything else on that script until I do have a manager or someone who's actually who's invested in me. Uh, because they will, they will go. Oh, actually, you know what? This could be, this could work really, really work here. But what, what I really need to do now is I need to to write something which I can come in with a really fucking cool thing. Which fortunately, I, we've got two of. One of which is the Supermassive Raver, the half hour comedy, which I think has great legs, and we can really put together a fucking awesome story engine for that one. And the other one is uh, it's a one hour about choir boys. So you know. Choir boys with guns. Choir boys with guns. That's right. Yeah. Mate, that's pretty good actually. And it's you imagine it's it's, it's, set like in a, set in it's 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 like the name of the rose meets the matrix. <laughs> no, seriously, set in the eighties, a fucking choir boy, make it a little bit sister act, uh, a little bit one of the, you know them them films where the teacher comes and 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 to an underprivileged school and changes things. Make it so there's a, it's all about choir boys in the posh place. And then this young rough scallion comes and he's a fucking gangster, but set in the 80s, so he makes them all do hip hop. And the vehicle engine is each week there's a new Dougie Fresh song. Are you in? <laughs> and guns. With a, with a soundtrack by Enigma. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
I'm yeah. fucking in. I would love to see um, a 1980s choir gangster movie. <laughs> I fucking would, actually. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, coffee. Um, so, I mean, so it sounds like you've been through the ringer a little bit. And I know, obviously, we've talked off air. So I do know that you're not having a massive, huge cake party with it. But I think you're going to take some positives out of this. And I think anyone listening that is going to do it, I think it's very, very valuable. Uh, no, um, but listen, I, but listen, I, to... I, I don't. I, getting knocked back didn't bother me at all. What, what, what bothered me was that I, I was pitching badly. And it, it wasn't even my manner of pitching that was bad. I was pitching bad material. I was, I was not getting to the fucking thing. And th- what's strange is that I, the very first pitch I did last time I started pitching, I felt the same thing, but I just had really hooky elements. And it just goes to show that the, 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 the whole point of a pitch, it doesn't matter what you're pitching, is to get read. And it, you, you can spin all this other fucking bullshit around, but really your only job is to hook them. And if you can't do that, if you're not focused on that, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if the, what you're hooking them with has nothing to do with your show. You, you could, you, I mean, I, I, could have, I could have told them literally, listen, I've got fucking superpowers, watch this, and then made some up some, some bullshit. But like, I, you've got a hook. You've got a hook because they've got that eight-minute window. And if all they remember is that hook, then they will definitely request. But if all they, if all they remember is a kind of really interesting story that didn't go anywhere and that didn't tell them what a show was going to be, then they're not going to read it. They're not going to want it. So, well, if I see, if I serialize Love and a Dozen Roast Potatoes, when I pitch, I'm going to do it nude and shagging a whore. I think that would be. <clears throat> I think that would be. Uh, I, uh, well, I actually don't know what that would be. Well, they won't forget it. <clears throat> no. Uh, so, yeah, it was. I, I I have been through the ringer a little bit, and I'm. I, I've also on top of all of this. I'm literally the busiest I've ever been. It's actually a little bit insane right now. Um, I'm just so insanely busy and so insanely. You say that every bloody week. No, but you're like, a busy guy. Well, I'm 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 directing every, as much as I ever was. But I'm, my new job now is talent development at this production company, and I'm actively looking for directors. I'm meeting directors all the time, and trying to get this new roster of directors together for the production company because we're doing this big marketing push and I've been writing strategy for what we're doing with directors and how to plan the next 12 months with them all and then that on top of uh, I was supposed to have a shoot two shoots beginning of next week and then I'm going to China and I've got two shoots in China as well busy and they oh, all they all need uh, PPMs and they all have fucking you know they they have to write a, a, a detailed treatment for all of them and a storyboard and all this other shit and you know that on top of trying to uh, develop my own career as a director on top of developing my own career as a writer and trying to write so I have a weekend in China in Shanghai where I'm going to just fucking hole up in a hotel and I'm going to blitz what I hope will be about thirty pages of the next pilot and if I can nail thirty pages then. The remaining twenty, at least, there'll be a basis to to blitz them on. If I can write the whole fucking thing, if I can nail fifty pages or fifty five pages in in a weekend, then that's the next pilot written. But I, well, yeah. hopefully, you'll give yourself at least a couple of hours in a karaoke bar, just to get some songs out, have a few chicken wings, that kind of thing. Don't go to Shanghai and not sing some songs, mate. I know. I'm disappointed. In I know. You. But I, but I, but but first and foremost, I, I want to be lost in translation, and I want to just fucking hold up with some bourbon. And just right, <laughs> Hemingway that shit. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that's the dream, really, isn't it? Like the the whole Bill Murray. I mean, everyone wants to be Bill Murray. Oh, no, I well, don't. if if Scarlett Johansson's staying in the hotel and in just her pants, then then you know, I um, I will not be held responsible. Well, I'm sure your wife would like to ha- to hear that, but uh, you know, she's not going to listen to this load of shit, so it's all right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, dude, uh, I, I've been talking a lot about me, but I, I hope for our listeners this was at least instructive and was a bit of an eye-opener. What I will do, I will share... I'll share everything. Fuck it. I will share my pitches. I will share the the links to all the things that I was doing, my little dashboard setup that I had, um, because there's no shame in it. I will I will share my original written pitch. I will share my outline. I will share my map and all these things because... The whole point of this podcast is to, to to lay bare what we do and where we got it wrong. And I got a lot wrong, but I, I, I made it better. And so 
I think there's something to be learned in that. So if this is of interest to you, uh, our five re- listeners, then uh, we'll, I'll put a link up and it'll probably be a Dropbox link or something like that. And you can uh, you can dig away at my materials and see what I was doing, where I went with it and um, and go from there. But anyway, what have, you, what have you been watching anyway? I have... What have I been watching? Not really a lot. I've just been watching Avatar again. I, that, that, that TV show is... The, it, honestly, mate, in terms of narrative, structure, story and arcs, I've not seen anything better than that for a while i don't know it's a kid's fucking cartoon but you really should watch it avatar and also the second um series which is called cora it's just so good i mean i've never been hooked so much by a show i have to watch the next episode is the, the, the cliffhangers uh, are so good um the only thing i can sort of compare it to is maybe something like mr robot where you're like i've got to fucking see the next thing so yeah i've just been watching cartoons because i'm i mean like i have been mainly avoiding watching a lot of films i haven't watched a lot of films lately um last film i watched probably force awakens 3d um but i'm waiting for the new season to come out again because it's going to be mr Ro- oh speaking of which have you seen this the new trailer for stranger things i people have been telling me about it i'm going to watch it straight after this because it's uh I, I heard good things about it and listen it's fun people say oh you, you hated Stranger things no i didn't i liked stranger things i didn't love it and I, and there was a lot of love flying around for that show and it did it, it, uh, yeah I but the, the, the you main, loved it by the end. No, the main no, I didn't. The main problem I had with it was yes, it, it it was the bad guys just were so fucking obvious and nonsensical that I was like, yeah, I don't care, I don't care. She's she's a bald headed girl who can do cool shit. I don't care. Well, ironically, this is what people might be saying about the um, necessary evil. Oh, 100%. But, but in Necessary Evil, I've got some fucking crazy, weird-ass people living up in a commune and, and taking lots of drugs and having group sex. So they could tune in for that. Well, have you, have you considered... I mean, we shouldn't really talk about this, but have you considered flipping it so that they're a, they're a techno, technocracy? Maybe it's, maybe it's a redneck, rather than going to a hippieville, it's a redneck into a, like a strange Steve Jobs Wi-Fi fucking guru commune instead. That, I mean, that's a, that's a slight twist. I don't know. It's not a slide twist, it's a major twist. The whole point about going back to nature is that you go back to nature. You farm the land. It's it's the future primitive idea. It's you know, you, you disconnect from society and you, you disconnect from technology and you disconnect from the idea of scarcity because scarcity is is a construct designed to make us need stuff and designed to make us feel vulnerable and threatened. And if you don't if you take that away, then there are no problems. Anyway, that's um that's uh, I've done a lot of philosophical thinking and it's good. Uh, I I watched all sorts of things and I have actually been trying to watch more films again. I I, I made the mistake of watching Inferno last night, which is just dreadful. Um, the new Dan Brown Tom Hanks ad- adaptation. Uh, I watched La La Land, which uh, oh was delightful. Okay, what, what do you think? It's was delightful. It nice? It is. Um, my wife hates musicals, but it, it it gets you from the word go. There's a. It starts off with a musical number set on a traffic jam on the on an LA freeway. But what what is just so great about Damien Chazelle is he's a guy who knows how to do an ending, and he takes you on this journey, and he delivers such a beautifully poignant ending. He did the same thing with Whiplash, just nailed the ending, and that and and that's a rare skill. Also, he's a fucking sick, sick director in terms of his the way he he inserts a camera into a scene and moves it around and and tells a story visually you can tell he's a student of paul thomas anderson the early days and and wes anderson of course as well but i mean man he does it well he does it well i do love whiplash i I oh whiplash is great it's a a perfect walnut of a film it's just hard Mm. and crunchy and yeah it's great um so that's that's cool i've been watching a lot of other directors work recently and getting excited about some things and not excited about other things and i've also just been taking a long hard look at my own my own showreel and looking at the way that we did a supermassive and it looks like we might be digging that back up again and getting supermassive back out in the world which is exciting um well i do think that the world needs it right now i mean yeah, i think just a bit it does <laughs> It does. Well, I mean, I'm I'm in a kind of weird crossroads in my career now, where I I I'm sort of starting to control a little bit the, the destiny of the work that we're doing at this production company, and there's a, there's a very strong move towards higher end production. We're bringing in some exciting new directors and 
me personally, I'm I'm anxious to get into <clears throat> higher budget stuff, and uh, I need to make a strategy for the next year to do that. But I mean, that that's Holland. Holland is it's perfectly possible to do that, and there's some good people here, so it's um it's happening. So in terms of Holland, I mean, what they what they like with Chinese guys? Why you think you're coming over? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. This is the thing about the breaking. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to do well in in America. <laughs> <laughs> Not with my face. We could call it breaking into Holland. Swanee got on yeah. a boat. Done. <laughs> You know, like if if Trump goes to war with China, I'm not getting a job in as a fucking writer on Big Bang Theory. Mate. No, well that's the funny thing. If you were here, I I would probably be able to get you enough work to 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 get you going. Um, and yeah, but I mean, I I'm really enjoying life here. Actually, it's great. But I I can't help myself. I and. I need to at least explore the idea of working in a TV show in America. It just has to happen. No, you did. I, but I want to come to. I, I'm seriously thinking about coming to Holland. I mean, if I can get a wife like you've got, and a skateboard, which I've already got, I think I'd be set. Yeah, no, it's pretty good here. It's pretty good. I, 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 I like it. Um, How are you getting on with the language? I mean, are you learning Dutch? Yeah, it's sinking a little bit. The kids speak it, obviously, and um, I, I need to put concerted effort into really teach myself it and, and learn it but i i can sit in a meeting and that's done in dutch and understand most of it um i'm just uh you know the problem with my job is that you need to be precise with people you need to communicate with people and the, the best language i can do that in is swahili so <laughs> it, i'll do it mandarin yeah. pretend mandarin <laughs> if you play mandarin backwards it's normal <laughs> Do it in Canto, and then, <laughs> yeah. everyone, and then everyone will be wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, it sounds good. It sounds good. It sounds good. I'm I'm glad you come away positive because I, I I know that you're. Sort of no, I I have to be I have to be no, but seriously, I I have to be thankful for where I'm at because I now have a stable job, which for someone who's been a freelancer for as long as I have is a blessing. I know I can't, I can't change that. I can't suddenly become a freelance director again, and still maintain other things that I'm doing. So the decision I made was I have to change the company to to be more like what I need it to be and thankfully they're really receptive to that and they want to do that so we are actively making the work that we do much closer to the work that I want to be doing so that's great and then on the Can flip you, side you need to set up you need to set up Anglo-Chinese rave relations department and just give me a small salary and an office space and I'll to and come I'll in just... and rave for five minutes on the hour every hour <laughs> yeah I'll make snacks I'll occasionally do some songs uh, get everyone's morale up. I tell you Brilliant. what, you, you could be our, you could be our in-house minstrel. I could be a mascot. I'd be a minstrel. I'd be a chinstrel. A chinstrel. I'd be a Chinese yeah, minstrel. That's fucking great. Uh, uh, that's good. Oh, do you know what else I was fucking watching? Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season two. Yes, it's fucking great. It's, it's great. M- it's the maddest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's mad, it's- and, it, and like at least fifty percent of the jokes don't land, but they have they come so fast. That like a, a joke drops and then 15 seconds later there's the next one so you don't care that it didn't land and like that's that's, that's crazy I don't know how you does do it, that does it, does it still have the same intro? yeah of course that's the best intro in any TV show that there has ever been ever yeah, I know I love it I mean that oh, sets a standard miracle. really there we are damn it it's a miracle yeah. <laughs> but no it's good it's good it's good well that's good then I mean it's good to catch up so you're off to Shanghai I'm on Shanghai I'm off to finish the book, and hopefully, if I get a sniff of this Mel Gibson movie, I'll be off to Brussels. Yes, I'm. Uh, yeah, well, we should be hearing back very soon about our martial arts film, which I really want to make. I feel like I can. I've got some. I've got some interesting ideas about how to just take it up a notch, and I really want to just fucking get some, get down and shoot some action, and shoot some fun stuff because I'm going to be heavily pushing that way this year. Action, um, car stuff. Uh, that's going to be exciting. And well, we, we've got the world's best athletes at, uh, at our fingertips, mate. So if you need any of them, some of these guys, man, they're doing parkour on power stilts, grinding fucking handrails now. It's just like, what the fuck are these guys doing? It's incredible. Are they? Are they working? Are they? Are the? Are the? Um, level up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone next level, mate. We've had the world's best of everything coming in in the past Sick. few months. No, it's dude. Yeah. It's it's set up for it, and I and I hope that they see that and see the potential because the script wasn't really ready, but. If if they look at the team, they look at the deck we put together. I'm hoping that they'll they'll go. All right, now let's see how we can make this happen. And then I think we just got to go, got to go, in up to the balls and just you know make it happen. 
anyway yeah we will anyway it's it's it, in terms of this pitching process I, I it was a monkey on my back written the pilot need to write the next one need to write the one after that and then just make this year about fucking um, just turning myself into a factory and churning shit out so those two days in Shanghai I'm just gonna fucking sit down in the lobby of the hotel and make myself write like a lot of pages and uh, and then see what we come out nice one. Do it in a jacuzzi, mate. Give yourself a little break. Yes, I will. I will. All right, man. Cool. Well, listen, it's uh, always good to catch up. But uh, we yes, will... mate. Well, by the, the next time we speak, well, uh, on air will be I will have a finished book, and you will have a another jacuzzi story. I'll, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have another pilot. That's what yeah, I have. Well, that's the plan. Well, I need to talk to you about my other film, man. My, I mean, I've got I've got a very small window to make this film happen. Well, I've got three years because there's an well, event Well, listen, just fucking, just fucking get your ass to Holland and then we can work on it all the time, dick. All right, I will. Yeah. How much? I will. Um, it's like 80 quid. <laughs> yeah. Is that how much it costs? To get over it, yeah. yeah. All right, mate. I'll get, when I get my book money, I'll come over. Sick. All right, oh, man. Nice. Fuck. All right, later. Well, fuck you too. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, I'll just re- listen to one of the other podcasts. It's all in there. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to get in touch with us, don't unless you pay us hundred and forty dollars, you mug. Yeah, you mug. You mug. Uh, I think it's time to end. Right, later. Later. This podcast was my daddy and with Simon. It's funny. My daddy's going to Hollywood. Oh, be careful, it's gonna be some bad words. La 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 la. <laughs>